Welcome. Great to have you guys here today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's give it up for our God Behind Bars men and women as well. Thank you for being with us today. We appreciate that. So uh, last week, God really did some pretty amazing things. I'm excited about this week as well. We want to start off with our mission statement as we always do. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Many of you guys were here um, last week, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. God really just kind of showed up. The Lord told me to chunk my sermon and just to share my heart and, and to, uh, to share some things I kind of held back on. Um, well, I did hold back on, not kind of, um, about how the Lord spoke to me about uh, not only winning a million souls, but opening seven campuses over the next 20 years. And, and um, the Lord put on my heart, and then he confirmed that again and again through the number 23. If you missed the message, you may want to go uh, watch it online, um, YouTube, or on our app. But the, the number 23 is very significant, and it just kept showing up all throughout um, as God spoke to me about this vision that he, that he gave me. It was a pretty, pr- pretty profound word. And my phone kind of blew up this last week, a lot of texts and phone calls from people saying, oh my gosh, what a great, amazing sermon, it's amazing. And then they all added something like, I can't wait to see what God's going to do next week. And I was like, yeah, I, I can't wait either. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> what people don't realize is that you're, you're kind of always one week out from having to top yourself. And that's, that's a lot of pressure, just to be honest. I mean, it's kind of like a, if a coach has a winning season, he feels this pressure to, to outperform himself. And that's just a lot, you know, and then when God kind of does something miraculous, you think, how, how can I do that again? You know, like, I don't, I don't know how to, to recreate that since I didn't create it the first time. And so uh, this last week, I'm just going to be honest with you, it was, it was a hard week. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I, uh, I just felt myself just kind of unraveling, to be honest. And um, I had a message I wrote last week that, that I didn't share. <laughs> So I thought, oh, I can just use that, and, and I looked at it, and I said, no, that's not it. So then I rewrote another message, and that wasn't either. either. And so, so I was really kind of at a standstill, um, and I just didn't know what to do. You know, God's moving so powerfully in our church, and it's awesome what God's doing. But sometimes I feel this pressure as a leader to have to have something when I don't feel like I, I really, really have much. And so before we go any further, I want to show you guys just what we do here at Church Unlimited, just a great example of this. Um, our video team put together an amazing video that just really highlights kind of what we're all about here. So check this out. <laughs> Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 3, 9, it's kind of our key verse for the series. It says, how we thank God for you because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence I thought about that. You know, God has done so much over the last 22 years, I can't believe, of of ministry here at Church Unlimited. It's just, I stand in complete amazement. I really do. Last week, God was moving very profoundly and and stirring in people and, and, uh, you know, kind of leading up to this offering we have coming up this this next weekend. And, and, uh, I just, I just felt a lot of pressure this week, to be honest with you. I just, and I just kind of crumbled under that pressure. And, uh, Yesterday, I was going over my notes, and I still didn't feel very good about it, and I, I started almost panic, and uh, I called a friend of mine, a, a dear friend of mine named Will. He's a pastor friend, and I called him. I said, hey, man. He said, hey, how, how are you? You okay? I said, no, not really. I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing good. 
He was like, okay, what's up? And I just said, I'm, I'm supposed to have this great, awe-inspiring message and rally the troops, and I just feel a tremendous amount of pressure. And earlier in the week, uh, one of the staff members, he didn't mean anything by it. He even apologized later, and I was like, dude, it's okay. You did, I, know you, I know what you meant. You didn't mean anything bad by it. But he was like, I don't know what you're, you know, so worried about, Pastor. You only have to raise two and a half million dollars in the next week. You know, I was just like, huh, yeah, that's true. And it just gets a little daunting, you know, when I think about all the things we have going on. So I called my friend Will and I was talking to him and I said, man, I'm just, I, I don't know what to do. I, I just, I don't, I don't have it in me. What do you do when you got a lead and you're on empty? What do you do when you're just kind of out of yourself? I felt like I kind of came to the end of myself. And as I said that to him, he just said, Bill, I want to share scripture with you. And he, he, he mentioned the scripture and when he said it, I knew where it was and he, and he said, I want to read it to you in the message translation. It's so powerful. This is the verse he gave me. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. As he said that verse, I honestly just felt the Spirit of God just come into the room I was in. And I just wept. I just told him, I said, Will, you have no idea how badly I needed that. He said, Bill, this is not your mantle to carry. It's not your job to produce miracles. It's your job just to obey God. Because he produces miracles. The verse came to mind in Psalms 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. I'm not good at being still. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a doer by nature. I have all these goals and dreams and aspirations. I'm always moving towards something. And, you know, kind of a phrase that I would say would be something like, don't just stand there, do something. And I just felt the presence of God telling me, don't just do something, stand there. And I just felt God telling me this week, I want you to sit so I can stand. So I, I'm probably, for some of you, blowing the image you may have had of me. I'm just not that good. I'm just, I'm just not. And I just found myself empty, saying, God, I, I need you because I don't know where to go from here. I can't, I can't do this. I can't handle this pressure. There's too much. As I was talking to Will, he he told me about a scripture in John chapter 6. And I'd heard the story, but I didn't really remember where it was. And I, I, I said to him, where, where is that exactly? And he said, let me look. And he, he found, he said, I just went over this in my time with God. And he, and he told me where this was. And I looked it up and it was so powerful. There's a place in scripture where Jesus basically says something very hard to hear. He, he gives a hard teaching. In fact, after he taught it, almost everyone who was following him left. I mean, I've preached some bad sermons, but I haven't had the whole crowd leave. <laughs> I mean, the day is still young, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and so he, he teaches this hard teaching. He says, he says, you all have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And we hear that and we're like, whoa. But you know, they didn't have the cross to understand what that means yet. So they're like, what? Well, Jesus, we're not going to eat your body and 
drink your blood. What are you saying? They, they just didn't understand it. Now, we again, now we, we have the privilege of looking back at what that scripture means now because we see the cross. He meant he'll die and raise again, and that eating his flesh and drinking his blood doesn't actually mean eating his flesh. And it, means, it means joining in, in sacrificing with him, being a living sacrifice. Now, we understand that. Theologians have taught us that, and preachers and teachers and other people look at the Bible. Yeah, that's what that means. Oh, okay. But they didn't get that at the time, and so a lot of people left. And then Jesus has this humanity moment. And I don't know about you, but I, I like the fact that my God was also fully man, that he understands the, the difficulties we have. And, and I found myself in this moment when Will told me this. I keep mentioning Will because I think I just need to give him credit for the whole sermon. He basically wrote this message, so I feel like I owe that to him. But... As he kept talking, I pulled my phone down from my face, put it on speaker, and I began to just type notes because it was just so powerful. God was just speaking. And this is what Jesus said. I thought this was so profound. He said, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Wow. You ever thought, then why am I striving if it accomplishes nothing, right? Like, isn't that funny how we're worn out? But yeah, he says, yeah, you, you alone aren't going to do it. He says, in the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life, but some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus, I love this, this hum humanity moment. Remember, he's fully God, but he's also fully man. He said something. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Wow. He's like, are y'all leaving too? And then Peter says something. He said, Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. And when I read it, I, when Will was telling me about it, and I thought it through, I thought, that's true. It's like, where am I going to go? When I'm empty, when I have nothing left, there's, there's nothing this world has to offer to refill me. Maybe you're like me and you've tried it. You tried to refill off the world. It even leaves you more broken. I just thought, where am I going to go but to God? So I just felt the Lord telling me, like I just kind of came to the end of myself and I felt like God was telling me, you need to sit down this week and let me stand up and take over. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, I'm going to boast in my weakness. The reason I mention that is because, I got to be honest, I, I, I don't feel strong. I just don't. There's so many scriptures I could have showed you today about David or Moses or Elijah or all these, these great men and, and women of God that, that were, did all these amazing things, and, but then they also had all these weaknesses. I could talk about Moses stuttered and he had a big temper problem and David was super depressed a lot and Elijah was actually suicidal at one point. I mean, I could have gone on and on about all the problems that they had too, but I didn't feel like I should do that. I felt like God just wanted me to to just let me be the example of, of emptiness today. Because sometimes I just don't feel like I have much to offer you. And I, I, I guess I needed to remind myself that I'm not really in charge, that I'm just not that good. I don't have any miracles to give you. And I have to remind myself that I'm not the one who does that. It's God. Everything I have that's ever come out of my mouth that's been good has been, not been me. It's been God. 
this whole church, the miracle of this place, it's a God thing. It's him doing what only he can do. Sometimes we take that mantle on, that pressure, like we have to develop our kids. We have to, you know, grow the business or, or the church or the organization. We have to make something happen. And it's like, God's like, no, no. I never intended for you to do it. It was always about him doing what only he can do. Then Will remind me of John 15, 5. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I feel that way. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. It's like God, I feel like just want to remind me that in my own power, I don't have anything to offer. It's, it's his power that he does his, his greatest work. Last night, after I shared the same thing I'm sharing with you, one of the pastors came up to me and he said, Pastor, that was the most amazing non-message I've ever heard. And he said, it was incredible last week because God totally moved and this week God's totally moving. And I said, I'm starting to get a little offended by it. every time I don't preach, God shows up. <laughs> but I think kind of that's what God wants is to remind us that it's not on us. You know, the, the whole theme of the Because of You title is you know, like all the stuff we feel led by God to do, it's going to be because of you if it happens. If it doesn't happen, it's going to be because of you, right? Like, like it's on us. And I realize that's really unfair to put on you or me. I, I can't do it. You can't do it. It's going to be because of him. It's because of you, Lord, that all this happens. It's because of his glory. and He's the one that causes it to happen. And one last verse that, that came out of my talk with my friend, was Matthew 18. It says, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. And I just felt like God was reminding me, if you'll just abide in me, I'll do what only I can do. Maybe maybe I'm not the only one that can relate to this. Maybe someone else needed to hear this, that you're not supposed to make it work. You can't make your marriage better. You can't make your kids uh, good. You can't make your career happen. You can't will it to be blessed. You, you just have to trust the Lord with it. Does that make sense? Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean we don't have a part to play. We do have a part to play, but our part is obedience. It's not to make anything happen. It's just to obey the Lord. So God really stirred in me to do. You know, we're trying to raise a, a lot of money. It's, it is a lot. It's two and a half million dollars is what we really need. Um, and if we don't receive that, then we just have to start cutting stuff. That we, that we, we don't have it, we don't spend it. But you know what? I, I felt this great pressure, and then I just I felt like the Lord was reminding me, like, who, so who do you think you are that I gave you this vision, and, and now you think you're going to run with it? It's, it's the Lord's to run with, too. It, it's his from the very beginning. You know, as, I, as you came in, we, we gave you guys a little 
pamphlet here that's got a list of all the things on it um, that we're going to be trying to do off the offering, you know, like um, invest in our local missions, got a lot of great things we're going to do. Um, some really cool things, by the way. We want to buy a couple trucks. It's going to be kind of cool. Uh, put a big Church Unlimited logo on the side, and then we'll do, like, stuff the truck weekends. This is going to be really neat, actually. One of the coolest things I think we're going to do is we're getting one for Stone Oak as well, so one had in San Antonio and the one in Corpus. We already have one, so we'll have two in South Texas and then one in South Central Texas up in San Antonio. But I didn't mention this at the end of the service. I'll just mention it. it's kind of cool. One of my favorite things we're going to do is buy these two trucks, and, and uh, then we'll have three total, and we're going to play have stuff the truck weekend. Like, think, think imagine when it gets cold, like stuff the truck with new jackets blankets and then we just jump in the car and we drive all over the cities and we just make sure people who don't have a home have a blanket. Isn't that cool? Just stuff like that. It's really cool. We'll do like stuff the truck with shoes, stuff the truck with food. I mean, you can just imagine just endless amounts of things we can do just to go out into the community, you know, and to, to make a difference. And so I, those are just, that's just one of the many things we're going to do. We need to do some upgrades desperately on several of our facilities that are a little older, Broadcast being one of them. Um, Broadfield's one, too. We also need to buy land in, in Padre Island. That's not cheap at all. But uh, we need to do it or else they're, they're, uh, they're developing the whole place and we're not going to have, there will, eventually there won't be land. I mean, it will happen um, to where there's just not a place for us to get. And so it's, it's kind of a now or never moment with that. Um, anyways, there's a lot of things we're going to do, a lot of church planting, things like that, that, we'll, that if the money comes in, we'll do it. If the money doesn't come in, then we won't do it. Because what I'm not going to do is indebt ourselves. We're going to trust in the Lord, not MasterCard. Does that make sense? So we're not just going to go in debt on these things. We really feel led that if it comes in, and that means God wants us to do it. If it doesn't come in, we won't do it. It's just, it's not complicated, so... But I, I'm just, I'm telling you that to say I, I felt this, this, this pressure from this, you know, and even, even today as I woke up and, and, you know, God really did something special last night in service and I was really thankful for that. And I just feel like I'm in this moment, I don't know how, how to describe it, it's like a moment by moment obedience right now. Does that make sense? Just as God's leading, I just feel, I just feel like he's taking over, you know? This morning, I, I was up here at the office a little bit earlier, and, I, and I, I wrote this in my journal. I said, Lord, I just need you today to do what only you can do. Please speak through me. I need you. I worship you fully surrendered to you, even if everything... Even if everything else fails, I will be true to you, fully obedient, fully surrendered, fully humble completely honest before you. I love you, Lord. I am nothing without you. I guess I just had that moment when I realized I really am nothing without God and that everything good in my life is from him. I opened the word after that. You know, there's something so powerful about his word and, and if, if you want God to speak to you, you've got to open the word. It's just so powerful. And as I did, I opened my one-year Bible, and my day's reading happens to be on Joshua 21. And I just read the first sentence. I love it. Those, you, ever, you ever felt like you didn't have time? You're like, oh, I don't have time to, to read the Word today. This is going to sound funny. If you don't have time, open the Word and read one sentence and watch how God will speak in the time you give him. Does that make sense? 
And so I really, with a busy Sunday morning, didn't have a lot of time. I was like, well, I'm just going to open up. I won't get through my reading, but I'm going to at least hear something from your word today. And the first sentence, (laughs) again, he's just that good. Joshua 21 says, The leaders of the tribe of Levi came to consult with Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the leaders of the other tribes of Israel. The reason that jumped off the page of me is because the tribe of Levi means something because that's my crew, that's my, that's my clan. And tribe of Levi means the church leaders. So if you're into worship, you probably already knew that. If you're a worship leader, um, you, you knew that. But the word Levi uh, also was called Levites because that's the, that's the tribe of Levi, his family, which turned into this clan. And all those people are the ones who took care of God's church. So it basically said, guys like me went together, gathered to the priest to say, we need something. And it says here, they came to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. This is in the promised land. And they said, the Lord commanded Moses to give us towns to live in and pasture lands for our livestock. So by the command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own grants of land. So they gave them allotments of land from their land. Let me tell you where I'm going with this. The only group of the 12 tribes of Israel that didn't get land directly given to them from God were the Levites because they ran the church, the temple. And the reason I bring it up is because everything that we have as a church is only from you. There, there's, there's no, God doesn't give us directly from heaven anything. He gives it through his people that he's blessed. But what stopped me was this one little word, Shiloh. They came to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. So I, I wanted to grab a Bible dictionary, and I realized they were all at home. I was like, ah, I'd taken them all home, uh, so I kind of have a limited amount of books. And so um, I asked my secretary, I, I pulled out my app. I have an app that can tell me stuff, and uh, I looked it up, and uh, I wanted to know what Shiloh meant, and it was a little confusing. It says, this is the, one of the Lord's names. I didn't know that. So then I asked my secretary, I said, Didi, can you go run and, and just Google this? Can you just tell me what Shiloh means? Because... It's a little confusing to me in my, my Bible dictionary on my, on my phone. She came back and she said, it means his gift. I was like, that makes sense to me. So God blesses his people and they meet at Shiloh. They meet at his gift. And that's when they give an allotment of what they have to the Lord. Here, here's where I'm going with that. If you don't recognize that the place you're at is all his gift, the place you're at in your life, it's 100% his gift. Some of you have your arm on someone right now. That's 100% a gift from God who's beside you. My health is is 100% his gift. My family, my church, the car you drive, the job you go to, the career you have, the health you have. What do we have that isn't his gift? It's all his. And until we come to a place to recognize all that we have is his gift, we will never give of our allotment to his house. So today we're going to meet at Shiloh where we recognize that all we have is from God. I don't know. I mean, it says in here they gave an allotment of land. Maybe, you know, you live on the island, we could really use an allotment of your land right now. <laughs> I have no idea if that's what you have or 
If you're like me, I don't really have a lot of land, but I have some assets that God has blessed me with. And so because I want you to know we don't ask you to do something we don't ourselves do. You know, earlier yesterday, before I even preached this message, I knew I got to be obedient first. And so as a leader, I'm supposed to lead, which means go first. And so my wife and I have already committed to what we felt led to give. And I'm very thankful that she is a sacrificial woman. Like we, we sacrifice together as a family. So I just need to tell the kids you're going to eat, have a little less this year. Sorry. Just let you know. <laughs> but the truth is, is that to give sacrificially, like the Bible says, means that it should actually affect our lifestyle. We should live differently, maybe drive a little less, maybe vacation a little less, maybe a little less house, a little less savings, a little less retirement. But it's, it's okay because God has, has blessed us, you know. And so I just want to challenge you today that in my non-sermon, God just told me, get out of the way. And, and boast in your weakness. Boast in what you're not. Because all I have and all you have is from God. What good thing do you have that didn't come from the Lord? All we have is God's. I can't make you do anything and I'm not going to twist your arm to do anything. I can't produce a miracle, neither can you, but we can be obedient to God. And then we can watch our God do what only he can do. So today's message really isn't about giving per se. It's, it's really not. It's, it's about you just obeying God. And what you obey, God, it may have nothing to do with anything I've talked about. It may be something very personal between you and God. All obedience is personal. So I don't know what he's telling you, but here's what I do know. I know he wanted me to sit down so he could rise up and show that every good thing comes from him. Anything good in my life and in yours is from him. As I called my friend on empty and he began to pray with me and share these verses, I just felt the presence of God fill the room. And I'm going to ask God, wherever you are right now, to fill the room you're in. I believe he will. Maybe I've blown the ability for you to be impressed with me. I'm okay with that. Because maybe God needed to get me and you out of the way so he can do what only he can do today. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come out real quick, and we're just going to take a moment to worship God. And so I didn't have like a bunch of points, you know. I always joke around and say my last sermon was, had so many points, this, this week's just pointless, you know. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it's not pointless, but hopefully God will use this in your life. But I think we have to meet at the place of Shiloh, the place where we recognize all we have is a gift from God. I think it's interesting, too, that when they, when they came and they brought what God spoke to them to give, their allotment, if you will, they were already in their promised land. I think we always are shooting for what we don't have yet, that we forget that we're already in our promised land. Does that make sense? I think about my kids. We've prayed for some things in some dark moments. And God came through. 
And I'm so grateful to sit in the front row and to worship with my children and to see their hands raised. And to know my oldest boy is in San Antonio and he's honoring God. It means so much to me. What do I have that is not from God? It's all his gift. It's all Shiloh. It's all his blessing. So let's just worship God and remind ourselves that when we get to the end of ourselves, we're reminded that God is in charge, not us. Let's just worship him right now. Can we do that? Can we stand in his presence? All of our campuses. I'm not allowed to stand today, so I'll ask you to stand for me. Thank you. Let's just worship God right now at all of our campuses. Maybe you're watching online. You're with us. Your spirit's with us. I know his presence is in that room. Maybe you come to the end of yourself like I did this week and you just felt inadequate. I don't have the stuff. I don't have it. I need you, God. I need you to take over. I need you to do what only you can do, God, in my life. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're saying, God, I need you to do what only you can do in my marriage. I need you to do what only you can do in my kids. I need you to do what only you can do in my finances. I need you to do what only you can do in my health. I don't know what area of your life that you're at the end of yourself. Would you just surrender to God and just trust in him? Let's just worship him right now. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you And when I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the battle belongs to you And every fear I I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you And almighty fortress You go before us Nothing can stand against the power of our God You shine in the shadows You win every battle Nothing can stand against the power of our God And almighty fortress You go before us Nothing can stand against the power of our God You shine in the shadows You win every battle Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you When I fight, I'll fight on my knees With my hands lifted high Oh God, the 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. God is clearly moving at all of our campuses right now, those watching online. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. You can receive him by praying a very simple prayer. It's not complicated. It was never supposed to be. God sent his son. It was his gift to us. Jesus died for our sin and rose again. Now he waits for you to receive him. Pray this prayer. You can say it out loud with us right now. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for rising again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I've repented my sins. I put you in first place. In your name we pray. If your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just pray that prayer, then Christ has come into your heart. If that is you today, for the very first time, would you lift your hand high? No one's looking around. The only people looking at our campus, pastors at our campuses, just lift your hand high if you just pray that prayer to receive Christ. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you. Just lift your hand high. Thank you. Thank you. You're not alone. Thank you. Praise God. If you're watching online, you can just put it in the chat right now. Just say, my hand's raised. If you're at churchlimited.com right now watching, just click hand raised. Just let us know. Praise God. You're not alone in that decision you made to trust Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Lift those hands high. Thank you. Anywhere else, lift your hand high. Thank you. You Put your hand down. You're already a Christ follower today. Maybe your prayer is a little like mine where you just say, God, I just ran out of gas. I need you. I can't do this on my own. But Lord, I'll obey you. I'll do my part, whatever that is, Lord. Just lead me and guide me. I'm meeting you at the place called Shiloh, the place where I recognize all that I have is yours. What do I have that's good in my life that didn't come from you? Thank you for being God's people. Thank you for letting me share my non-sermon today and just be broken before you. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. So Lord, we acknowledge that all that we need comes from you. All that we have is from you. So we're just going to obey you this week. Whatever you lead us to do, we will do. So Lord, we take the pressure off of Pastor Bill. We take the pressure off of the people. We put the pressure on you, Lord. We trust in you because you don't feel pressure because you always deliver. So we just look to you. We thank you, God. It will be because of you, God, that anything good comes out of us. Have your way in our lives and in your church. In your name we pray, amen. We just give God a hand right now as you have a seat. Praise God. Thank you so much. You may be seated.